Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 182, and I'm talking with Shanna Burnett. Shanna is a runner, a mom of three. She is the co-founder of the Clean Sport Collective and ModCraft. She is an agent for Positive Change. She's also an agent for Kara Goucher. So I actually recorded this interview the same day I recorded my interview with Kara. And if you haven't listened to that yet, head back to episode 173 to hear my conversation with Kara. But I was so intrigued by Shanna's career path and what it's like to be an agent for someone like Kara. I've always wanted to have an agent on the show. I think it's super cool that the first one to come on the show is a female. We go all over the place in this conversation. I actually edited it this week, but we recorded it a while back and it went places I totally forgot about, but it was so true and authentic and just real life talk. We do talk a lot about running and what it's like to have this career that she has in this industry, but we also talk about family a lot and faith and I felt like I was talking to one of my friends when we had this conversation. So I really hope you guys enjoy getting a little behind the scenes look at Shanna's life and what it's like to be an agent for a professional runner. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Koros and I want to thank them for supporting the podcast. And uh, this is my favorite watch. It's the watch I run with. It's the watch my husband Glenn runs with. It's super simple and easy to use. It syncs right up to your phone and Strava and it's user-friendly. I am telling you, I am the person that can't stand technology more than anything, even though it's basically like what my job is, is doing stuff with technology because I host a podcast. But uh, I love this watch. The one I specifically use is the Apex. It's super sleek and attractive on the wrist, but also the most important part is that it's accurate and it does its job well. You see athletes like Sally McRae, Camille Heron, both women who are out on the trails and doing ultra distance races, just killing it. They wear this watch and they run for Coros and are a great testimony to how well the battery life works. So if you're in the market for a new watch, I encourage you to check them out. Go to coros.com and you can get 10% off of your order when you use the code ANOTHER. I hope you love it and let me know what you think. Oh, and one more thing before this conversation starts. Uh, Shanna and I did hop back on the phone yesterday and we recorded a follow-up episode for Patreon supporters. So if you support the show on Patreon, you will get 15 extra minutes with Shanna. And we got to talk about the video and the viral article that Lindsey Krause wrote uh, featuring Alicia Montano and Kara Goucher and Phoebe Wright also had input on this uh, piece about maternity leave and brands supporting women throughout their pregnancies. And I wanted to hear Shanna's opinion on the whole thing and loved hearing what she had to say about it. So if you want to get a little bit of a deeper dive into that conversation, because we did record this original episode before that video, uh, you can support on Patreon, patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine. You can get that episode, that bonus content from Shanna and I, as well as lots of other bonus content from people like Kara Goucher, Shalane Flanagan, and oldies but goodies like Laura Anderson. She was the very first podcast guest on this show. She's been back on Patreon and just so many other fun, exciting people. I actually have an episode coming out with Jen Bigham, who has been on the podcast, and she just qualified for the Olympic trials after eight years of working towards that. So she'll be on Patreon as well as a returning guest. Thank you, everybody else who's already joined that party and supporting over there and a part of that community. You guys are awesome, and I can't thank you enough for supporting this show. All right, let's go ahead and enjoy this conversation with Shanna Burnett. Welcome to the show, Shanna. How are you today? Awesome. Thank you, Lindsay. I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. I am really excited because this interview is so fun because you are Kara Goucher's agent and I just interviewed her. So now I get to get all of the details of what it's like to be an agent uh, in this interview with you. But I want to get to know your life a little bit uh, before we get into the agent talk. And my friend Jana is Love who, inter- yeah, she's the one who introduced us. How do you know Jana? So she's been at the podium retreats and I talk at the podium retreats every year and help out with that, um, with Kara. So got to meet her a couple years ago and love her to death. 
she's great. Yes. It's so crazy looking back because Jana and I, so I coached Jana through a bunch of marathons and we first started working together. I think I I was pregnant with my second. I don't know, but it just, as you keep adding kids to your life, it, you look at your life and like, <laughs> you know, like blocks and sections. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Jana, so Jana, I think I only had one kid when we met. I'm like such a different person now. Just so much has changed. So true. Oh my gosh. I totally relate to that. <laughs> she speaks so highly of the podium retreat retreats. And I actually, I didn't get to talk to Kara too much about the podium retreats, but have you been a part of them from day one? Yes. So the first year I, uh, I work from afar, I brought runner's world there. So if you see Kara on the cover of runner's world, um, her last cover that was through the podium retreats and I helped set that up and I, but I wasn't there, but then every other year I've been there to help out. I help out with the sponsors that Kara has and help activate that and bring in some other sponsors that just want to be there and help out and be a part of it for the day of. And then I also speak there. So I do uh, an hour talk as well. So it's a lot of fun. I love it. Kara does a great job with it. Yeah. Okay. So how did you get connected with Kara? I know you you used to run competitively. Like where did this friendship start and how did it involve into becoming her agent? So it was completely organic. I ran at the University of Colorado as well. I got a scholarship there to run out of high school. And I'm younger than Kara, but her little sister, Kendall, was one of my very best friends when we ran together there. And we were super close. And then when I graduated from CU, I had one more year of eligibility left. I was injured all of college, basically. Um, And then I went to University of Portland. I had one more uh, recruiting visit left. So I flew out there because I wanted to get my MBA. And uh, yeah, there's another story in there. My father passed away, actually, Mm -hmm. unexpectedly, my junior year of college. Uh, He died of a heart attack running. So I was didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. But my dad was an academic and always helped me pursue a professional degree in some sort of capacity. It was pre-law at the time. And I thought that I was going to graduate college and then go to law school. My dad's death, like through a whole other, uh, complete turn in my life. And I ended up going and studying for my GMAT. I took a year off of school to help my mom move from Southern California to Boulder, Colorado and helped her move in here. And then I moved out to Portland and got my MBA and I reconnected with Kara's little sister, Kendall there. And then I connected a little bit with Kara and it wasn't until Kara was going to move from Oregon to Colorado. And her husband, Adam called me and was like, Shanna, I know you own a marketing agency. We would really love to control this story. We're moving back to Boulder. Mark Wettenmore is going to be her coach again, her college coach, my college coach. And we would love you to help us tell this story. So that's how I started um, with her. And I had a couple of clients at my agency, Wazelle being one of them. Soleus, Running Watches, and Noon Hydration were three of our clients that actually ended up being Kara sponsors. So I helped her transition from Nike to Wazelle and to Noon and to Soleus. And then from there, I think it was just because they were my clients and I was doing mostly marketing and media that it became uh, official. Kara emailed me one day and was like, Shanna, I know that we you've been helping me a lot unofficially, but I would be honored if you'd be my agent. And I was like, what? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do this. Like, let's shake up the game. There's not many women agents. It's very standard in what's been done forever. And we wanted to throw a spin on it together. And yeah, it's been almost five, five years now, actually. Yeah. Okay. So it, it sounds like it was during the transition of when she was back in Colorado, uh, moving back with uh, working with Mark Wetmore. Now, this is so interesting to me. Did you have any other athletes under your wings or were you mostly just working with companies like Wazelle and Soleus? I was only working with brands at the time. I helped out a lot on the media side, PR side with Lauren Fleshman, since she was already a part of Wazelle. Um, I helped announce her and bring like 
do all of her media, but nothing in terms of contract negotiations or sponsorship or, you know, like negotiation on any of that, nothing. I had nothing or no experience. And then I really just like, I still had that law, I think in me. And that's been one of my favorite things ever to do is those, uh, contract negotiations for her sponsors. Yeah, that sounds so fun. And you know, this is one of the reasons I really wanted to interview you. I mean, beyond all the other great things that you do, I just think that it's so cool to interview a woman who is an agent. Because I think when we hear agents, we all think Josh Cox. We, you know, like we think of the male agents. I actually, that might be the one that I know. Um, and so are you working with other athletes now or is Kara your main athlete and you're still fo- mostly focused on the brands? She is my main athlete. And yes, like I love brands. And I think for me, when I think about an athlete, I would like them to be their own brand and not really in the sense of like, Hey, I want to run fast and I want somebody to help me and sponsor me along the way so I can run fast with Kara. It's been awesome because she's like, I want to run fast, but I know that what I'm bringing to that brand is valuable as well. And I want to help grow them and I want to partner with them and let's do cool, amazing things together outside of my sport. And that's what I'm really attracted to. I, I've been like obsessed with brands forever. So I think an athlete can be a great brand. I think there's a learning curve to that. Um, and I haven't, really ventured myself out to find more. I mean, at the time I was running Modcraft, which is our agency, and it was just so hectic. And then I have since like not been as much of a front person day to day. My husband has, we started it together and really wanted to take a time to step back with my third child and focus on Kara, do a great job for Kara and then be present with my child because my second I was, he's almost six now. I don't remember him as a baby. Like I was just starting our agency and I just remember working and traveling a lot and I will see little videos of him and I'm like, oh my gosh, Riker, you are so sweet. And I barely remember that. And I do regret that. So I totally take a, took a different turn this time with our little one, but now he's almost a year and a half. So now I'm getting the itch back, but for a while, I just wanted to stop and be present. So your kids are one and a half, six, and then how old's your other one? Almost eight. Almost eight. So your first two are real close, and then you had like a gap in that. (laughs) Sounds like that gap was like, was it partially because business was crazy or? Exactly. Yeah. I thought I was done. I was like, okay. Oh. One, two, ModCraft, three kids, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. ModCraft is the third kid. (laughs) Yes, Exactly. So is, so is this, is this your, like your husband and you, you still work together? Like this is your main thing together? It is. Yes. Um, it's more him now than me, but yes, it's been our, our thing together for, I mean, gosh, people are congratulating me on my LinkedIn work anniversary. I was like, what are they talking about? So it's been (laughs) six years. (laughs) Well, okay. Let's, let's dig into that because that's interesting to me. I, I have this dream of being able to work with my husband, but I don't know that, um, I don't know that we would do so well if we were (laughs) mostly just working together and not being separate and doing our own individual things throughout the day. So what does that look like? Is it, is it hard sometimes? Totally. Of course. I'm not going to, definitely not going (laughs) to sit here and be like, yeah, it's magical. I like, we're so amazing. (laughs) No, it's hard. It's totally rough sometimes, but I think where we really do well together is he's the person I trust the most in life. And I really value his opinion. We come from different sides. I got my, I was fresh out of MBA. I went to a PR agency. So the PR was very fresh in my mind and he was vice president of competitor group. So he went from Bellow news on the sales side and then went to the publishing side. So he brought a fresh perspective that I didn't have. So I think we balanced each other out and we respect each other. Yeah. Sometimes he'll be like, Ooh, Shanna, did you really email that person? I'm like, um, excuse me. We don't, we don't say that. And <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes there's still like the marital stuff, but for the most part we do really well. And I think that our values and our vision is aligned. So that's why we do well. When did you get excited and interested in, in this field of work? What, like, what was your undergrad in? 
So my undergrad was pre-law uh, criminal justice, so nothing to do with this. I, I did two internships at the district attorney's office thinking I was going to go into law, and it was very depressing. I was All I did was handle misdemeanors and DUIs, and I was like, wow, you're really going to lose faith in humanity if you do this every day. So when I went and got my MBA, that was really the first um, point of business I ever had. And my very first class, we had to do a marketing assignment where we had to write a business plan. So I wrote like a 60-page business plan for an athletic apparel company. <laughs> and then we had to really focus on how we were going to market it. And for me, it just gravitated towards PR. Like, I would love to see the product get earned media is what we call it. So when you see it in New York Times or Runner's World, it's because the editors and journalists value what you do instead of just paying for advertising. So that I always gravitated towards that. And then right after I got married, we had our first child, honeymoon baby. So <laughs> I got a job when I was six, eight months pregnant with her. So it was a PR agency in San Diego. And Loved it, helped her bring on some clients and then moved back to Boulder out of San Diego a couple of years and then just started it. But it was all through my MBA that really gravitated towards this field. And then how did you, what was the Wazelle connection? How did you get connected with them? So um, I brought on Noon Hydration to the agency I was working with. And through that, the old CEO, his name was Mason Ray, he was really connected to Wazell, and he knew that I was interested in them. And we actually, random story, we, I took my mother out for her birthday to the 2012 Olympic marathon trials to go watch Kara because she loves, she's loved Kara forever. And so that was my surprise present to her. And we flew to Houston and Mason was there, and that's the first time I met Sally Bergeson, who's the founder of Wazelle. And we hit it off, and then about two weeks later, I flew out to Seattle for a noon business trip. And I was staying with Mason at the time, and he let me borrow his car. I drove to Sally's house, and I was like, hey, Sally, you've never had PR before. You're just starting out. You know, you don't have any press I've never done this on my own before, but I promise, I think that like you and I have a shared vision and we can make this like happen. So over a dinner at her house, we made it happen a week later. She signed the contract and I was off with ModCraft. It wasn't even ModCraft. It was my name at gmail.com <laughs> and made it happen. So, okay. Now this is getting interesting. My wheels are turning. How so? You're working their marketing. Are you also doing their PR? All of it. I did all of it. Okay. So how do you handle the shit storm of like the logo issue with you know like when people got mad at them for you know doing the logo thing at that race where they put the logos on their the athletes. Uh, oh yes. Gear. I'm like not explaining this correctly, but you know what I mean. No, like, I know exactly. Rule 40, and then they put their original logos, not the Nike logos, on that yes. Instagram photo. So, how, yes. so when things like that happen, are you the person saying, okay, this is how we need to uh, come back with, with what our statement is or what? Yes. So any like crisis PR in terms of that, that would be called crisis PR. It's really not. But I was all on board. What I really loved about working with Sally and Wazelle early on was that we all wanted to change the sport for the better and give athletes a fair chance to own their rights and own and be representative of the person and the company that's got them there. So stuff like that, I was, I'm a fighter as well. So I was like, let's do this. And if it happens and a lot of times Sally would do something and it would like turn into a crisis and I would have to manage it. I was on board with her because I, completely aligned with her vision on that. Anything to do with USATF or IAAF, we're like, let's do it. Let's go. And yeah, I'll be here because it's real and it's authentic. And the purpose was always for positive impact. And I'm on board with that. And so I know I'm trying to, now I'm trying to think of all the other stuff. Now we're, we're entering, <laughs> now we're entering more of a like a uh, neutral zone here. I don't feel like they're getting the flack that they were getting around that time that those things were happening. Um, no. 
so you're not having to do the crisis communication anymore. How, <laughs> yeah. has, how has the brand evolved? Like as you've seen, you know, things like that go down and obviously like Wazelle is building one of the most positive communities for women running, women's running in the country. I mean, there's so many groups around the country. Like my friend Jana, I know that some of her deepest, most meaningful relationships are with the girls on her Wazelle team in Minnesota. So how have you seen their brand evolve from like what they were doing in maybe 2012 to what they're doing now in 2019? Yes. Yeah, so disclaimer, I haven't worked with them for the past two years, um, but I've seen them evolve to a very small company to a larger company that's taken quite the initiative in terms of whatever they believe. And what I always hold true to them and to Sally and to all the women working there is that you see what you get. They're really the real deal in terms of what they believe in and what they stand for. And they've really always since day one have tried to foster a very positive, inclusive group of women that can get together and celebrate each other. That has always been there since day one, for sure. Okay. So who are you? So, okay. You've already told us this. You're stepping, you've stepped back a little bit because your youngest is, what did you say? He's a year and a half. He is. Yes. Do you have all boys? I have a girl and two boys. Okay. Your oldest is a girl. Yes. Okay. So your main focus now is Kara. Where do you see yourself going in the future with this? Like, are you happy hanging on to like managing this relationship and this partnership with all of her sponsors? And like, are you working part-time and home part-time? What does that look like in your life? Yeah. So my, um, my home life, it was just so funny. My best friend was out visiting me and she asked me that. I was like, oh yeah, it's like constant. It never stops, but it's part-time work with Kara and then it's full on three mother of three moms. So I'm always doing something like I'm always managing Kara. There's always something and we've got a lot of good partnerships and things in the work. So there's girls camp, there's podium retreats, there's five sponsors, there's appearances. So that is never ending. It's a lot to manage. And then I manage my household of five. <laughs> so it's always like craziness. One thing from another, you know, you have four boys. So it's, it's back and forth between that right now. And for me, I'm not, I wasn't ready to take on anything else. So it's been great, but that's what my day to day looks like is activities to contract negotiations, to appearance fees, to well, let's launch a girls camp. Well, and I find this conversation so interesting because I think there's so much value in this because when we start our careers or business or whatever we're doing, we want the next bigger thing. Like we want to, we want to grow. We want to do more, more, more. And you were growing your business. And I think this story you're telling right now is kind of saying like, that's great. And you grew, but like, you're kind of like, owning what you love about it and stepping back and let those other areas of your life fulfill, you know, those pieces of your life. Because so often you think you start something and you're just going to keep climbing, keep climbing, but you're showing me this like contentness with what you're doing. And I love it. Oh, thank you. No, I, I, even when I was working for the other agency and with Riker, I was on my phone right after delivery in the bed with both. And then I was like, yeah, I had major FOMO that I was never, it's just like the same competitive athlete in me. And I'm knowing that you can relate. It's like, okay, what's next? What's going like, how are we going to get bigger and grow and, and do this and, and improve. And it's never ending. Oh, great. You got a PR. Great. Well, what's the next PR? And that's my, that's my genetic makeup to a point. And then I realized like after I had Riker and I didn't take a pause that you can take a pause. Like I remember taking two weeks off and coming back and almost disappointed that nothing changed. I was like, wow, you thought that you missed so much because you were gone for two weeks, but yet the work's still there and nothing's changed. So that was a really valuable lesson that it's okay to pause because my tenacity is always going to be there, but my kids being young is not. And that, that was my, that's my, been my focus is, okay, pause, but I know you, you're type A, you're competitive and you will get there. But right now it's not been in my heart to miss those young years, but I know that the work will always be there and I'll always 
be able to do more and more and more because I am motivated and the drive is there, but I don't need to be where I failed was being so worried that I was going to get behind. And I think I've learned to appreciate that more and take a step back. Yeah. Like you're not going to miss out. Like you can still do it. Yeah. I, I was just talking to one of my friends who's having her first baby and she said she was going to take two weeks or not two weeks, sorry, eight weeks out of the office. And I was like, you know what? Tell them you're going to take 12. And if you want to go back at eight, go back at eight. But like, I don't know. I just feel like after doing this four times, like give yourself the longer amount of time and you can always come back sooner, but like, you don't know what your recovery is going to be like. And in that moment, those four weeks seem like so much and such a big deal. But then looking back six months later, you're like, oh, why would it have mattered if I would have stayed home four more weeks? Oh, so true. That is so true. And it's such a valuable lesson and a hard lesson I had to learn. But I, now I so appreciate that. Okay. I don't want to glaze over your your running career, though, because it's not like you just kind of like ran for a hobby. You had four state championships. I did. Yes. Um it, it was, it was great. I loved high school running. Um, I had a great coach and yeah, ran my, was my mom actually. And she knew me and she trained me well. And, uh, yeah, I was always top 25 in the nation, which I think was more impressive to the colleges recruiting me than the state championships. But yeah, I thought I was actually verbally committed to Columbia. I thought I was going to go to Columbia. And then I took my last recruiting trip to University of Colorado. And I ran running with the Buffaloes. And I joke with Adam Goucher all the time. I was like, yeah, I wasn't going there because you were crazy. Everyone was crazy. You all ran a lot. <laughs> and <laughs> you're insane. And you actually freaked me out. And I don't want to go to see you. But then I I sat down with Mark Wetmore. And I, he was like, I'm I'm going to make you a national champion. And I just believed in him and everything that he said. And he actually got his MBA from Columbia. And he was like, do you want to run around Central Park for the next four years? Or do you want to come out here and see what you could do? I was like, dang it. <laughs> I do. I really do, Mark. I really do. <laughs> okay. So four state championships. What did you, what were you a state champion in? Like what distances? Was it cross country? The mile, cross country, the two mile and uh, the 800. And what state is this? Where are you from? Nevada. I'm from Carson City, Nevada. Oh my gosh, really? Yes. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever talked to. Do you say Nevadian? Like, what do you, how do you say that? I know, right? No, not Nevada. <laughs> but yeah, I don't even know. Nevadian. Nevadian. That's a big deal. I mean, honestly, like I remember I ran cross country in high school and it was always like the middle of, I was always like on varsity for a okay team but I was you know we went to state every year and I was always like way back of the pack at state um and the girls that were winning state like they were like of another species to me like I was like how do you do what you do like it's legit (laughs) yeah I loved it I always loved it and then I wanted out of Nevada and I was like, so what college am I going to that's far away from here? <laughs> so I will keep running and get that scholarship. So yeah, I've always loved it. It's always been a big part of my life. My mom was actually a pioneer in running her grand, her dad, my grandfather was their coach. And I remember the stories where they were getting rocks thrown at them because girls shouldn't be running like little boys. So she's always inspired me. And then just watching Joni and Paula Radcliffe and even Kara. I mean, it was just always inspirational. And I really liked, I really liked having to work really hard for something and put it all out there. Like even now people well, now that I'm 34 years old, People will be like, oh, you haven't run a marathon. You'll get there one day. I promise you could be a real runner. And I'm like, I know. (laughs) Well, thanks. But I really like that feeling of going all out in a 5K and feeling like you're going to puke at the end. That's my thing. And that's okay. (laughs) Do you still run fast? Like, do you do workouts and stuff? I do. I do. Yes. I've always struggled with injury. So, uh, when I went to see you, I actually ended up having six stress fractures there, which was really horrible. Like my freshman year, I remember I was top five on the team and then I got a stress fracture in my femur and I just, I got so depressed. I, 
I completely lost my sense of identity and why am I here? And I could have got, been getting an Ivy League education and yet I chose to go to the running school and I can't even take a step. I am on crutches. I'm at doctor's appointments all the time. And then me and four of my cross country teammates that were redshirting that year, like Brent Vaughn and Stephen Piper, four boys, we ended up road tripping to Illinois to watch CU and they, the women won nationals that year. And I was like devastated. I was so devastated. So I've always had this ever since college. And then with the passing of my father, when he was running, it was like, okay, I've something I've loved so much is like betrayed me. So now I've like loved, hate it. So I think in my adult path, it's been so fun and I love running, but I've found this new joy of just appreciating working out. Like you could take me to New York or I'll take Kara to New York and I'll be like, let's try soul cycle. Let's yes. try the rumble. Let's try like whatever Barry's boot camp, whatever the hot new workout craze is. I found appreciation now for working out where at the time and which I've really struggled with was like, if I'm a runner, I'm nothing. Or if I can't run outside because I'm injured, I won't be working out. So now I feel like I've finally grown up and been like, if I'm doing something, like if they're like any person was like, Shanna, do you want to go do this with me? I'm like, yes, let's do it because I love it. I've been re really lifting heavy lately and I just have appreciation for working out and all athletes. I'm obsessed with athletes no matter what they are in and they're accomplishing something awesome. Yes. Now, Kara mentioned that she had done like Orange Theory a couple times, a few yeah. times. Have you dipped into that? Oh, yes. I know everybody's all over Orange Theory these days. I've made her go with me. So her first time was with me. I've made any time that she's injured or getting back into shape, I totally take advantage of Kara and make her go to classes like that with me. So I'm like, so there's this new thing called Orange Siri, and I think you're going to be awesome at it, and you should go with me. And she's the same way. She's just like, she's so into working out. Like, it, it starts her day. So, yes, when um, she's just getting into it, we we do that often together, and I love it. We are, like, totally pushing each other. People keep telling me to do Orange Theory, and I'm like, okay, look, I run. I just started doing these reformer Pilates classes. Like, oh, that's I just, legit. yeah, oh, it's legit. I've just did my third session today, and I'm like, I'm just, I know it's expensive, but like, I just think so that good. at 35, if I want to like try to keep running faster and keep my body healthy, like, I have to invest in this. Agreed. I totally agree. And I am telling you, like, it's gentle on your body, but I can feel it. Like, I'm so sore, you know? Oh, oh my gosh. I did it on Monday and my butt still hurts. Yeah. I can't move. It's <laughs> so great. But yes, I do think you'll love Orange Theory. Okay. I have to try it. I know. All right. I'm going to break in really quick for a sponsor. Thank you. Sponsors are what help this show happen and make it possible. So I want to thank FabFitFun for supporting this episode of the podcast. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box with full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. It retails for $49.99, but always has a value of over $200. Use the coupon code ANOTHER for $10 off your first box at FabFitFun.com. I love the FabFitFun box that I got for the spring, and it has this moisturizer in it from Tarte that I've been using like crazy. It's a hydration moisturizer. And it also came with all kinds of other full-size fun products that I have been using. It really is over worth over $200, which is crazy because you can get it for $39.99 on your first order uh, with using the code ANOTHER. So I encourage you guys to treat yourself or treat a friend, like surprise someone. It's, it's so inexpensive, $39.99 for over $200 worth of stuff. It's a great gift idea. Uh, they have brands like Tarte, Kate Somerville, Anthropology, Free People, check it out, go to fabfitfun.com and use the code ANOTHER to get that $49.99 box valued at over $200 for only $39.99. All right. Thank you, FabFitFun. And thank you guys for listening. I hope you'll check them out. Let's continue my conversation with Shanna Burnett. So beyond working out, like, are you a five, six, seven day a week worker out or like, what does your life look like? Do you run three days a week? Like, what does that look like? For the longest time, if I made three days a week, I was accomplishing something uh, wonderful. I thought I was like conquering the world. I try to get five, but there's just so much 
work and family that I'm like, okay, there's a, there's a time and place for all of it. And I just haven't been able to be in the time to be like, I can't work so I can go work out. But then there's also the self-care aspect, which I'm really big on. And that is such a part of my life and it makes me feel so good. And I talk to God or I zone out or I'm a masochist and beat myself up, but that's my form of like therapy. So for the longest time, I wouldn't let myself because I'm like, okay, you're starting a business. You cannot afford to work out more than three days a week or you're just a slacker. Now I've gotten even more mature and I'm like, okay, if I do five days a week, I'm crushing life. I feel better. I'm a better mom. I'm a better worker. And I really do completely believe in that. Yeah, I used to not ever want to use my babysitter time for workout time because I was like, well, but Lindsay, when you're with the kids, like you can push them in the stroller or you can take them to the Y and use that childcare. But I have found that like actually using some of my babysitter time to work out is like, it's such a relief. Like say I have six hours, like if I give an hour of that to working out, I am going to be a better worker. I'm going to be more efficient because I have less time. I'm going to have more energy. And I just don't feel the rush of like having to deal with pushing the stroller or dropping someone off. And so I've really so true. tried to do that more and not feel guilty that like, oh, I'm, I'm paying for a babysitter so I can run. Like just that's how I'm spending my time and that's okay. I totally agree. I felt like such a prima donna with that as well. And then I would try to push my third and he would scream his face off in the stroller. And even if there weren't, it's just not enjoyable. Like you need that clear mind and that clear space to not worry about your child for an hour of the day or whatever it is where you're not worrying about work or your child. So you could just focus and clear your head and come back. And you're so much better at everything that you do because of that. Yeah. And in all reality, if I needed that extra hour of work, I can move it to a different time of the day. Like I can, I can work for 30 minutes in the morning before my kids get up if I really need to. Exactly. I'm like 8 PM. I'm, I'm coming for you. Yeah. I'm coming for you. I got 30, I got 30 focused minutes right now and a glass of wine, even better. Exactly. Win, win. Okay. Speaking of wine, you love cooking. Talk, talk to us about that part of your life. So yeah, I, it's so funny. I, I found a culinary class my in high school that I was obsessed with. And I ended up doing three years of it and I would struggle. I'm like, Oh, I love cooking so much. I think I want to go to Johnson and Wales, which is a big culinary Institute in Rhode Island. I was like, but running and it'll cost less with a scholarship. So it's always been something that I've very, been very passionate about. And you can find me on my couch watching Netflix chef's table. I'm obsessed with that. So anytime that Karen and I go on work trips, which is often I will, literally stock the best restaurants and hopefully some some of the time the chef has some awesome running angle that they're obsessed with and I will completely email them and be like hey I Kara Goucher and I I'm her agent we're coming into town and we would love to meet you so I did this in New York right after the Olympic trials in 2016 and I emailed Daniel Hum who's the owner of 11 Madison Park which has gotten this number one best restaurant in the world two years in a row. It's literally like an experience that will blow your mind. So I, I set it up. We were going to meet with Mary Wittenberg, who was the CEO of the New York city marathon. And so it was Mary Wittenberg, Kara and I going to 11 Madison park. And I, I remember I was like, I set this up and he's like, yes, I can't wait. Like, this is so exciting. I can't wait to meet Kara. And he ended up sitting with us at this, at the table for four hours. Four and hours. It was insane. I was like, just like telling us all about his life story and, you know, like what inspired him to be a chef. And I think like with anybody, with an athlete or anyone, when you're like so immersed in, and passionate about the, your craft and what you do, there's such a joy that comes out of it. And I think that's why I really just really lean towards and gravitate towards cooking. And he was so amazing. He was like, I remember at one point, Karen, and I still joke about this. He was like, one second, I'll be right back. Serena Williams is in the restaurant, but I'll be right back. And he was back like five minutes later and he came and sat with us and then took us to the kitchen. So like those type of experiences, I was like, Karen, I think I'm crying a little bit right now. She's like, you're so weird, but I appreciate you because I always know that I'm going to eat well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Talk to me about this then, because since you've, you know, uh, refocused your career and done, you know, pulled back a little bit and you're focused on care and the family. Do you find you have more or less time to cook now? And do you, do you cook dinner for the family on a regular basis? 
I do. I definitely cook dinner on a regular basis for the family. And that's always been such an important part of my life and my children's life. Like, I don't want, I don't ever want to be the mom for me where it's like, okay, well, I really want to eat healthy, but you know, here's your macaroni and cheese kids. Like for me, that, that does a disservice to them. Teach me your ways. (laughs) Teach me your ways. I am like so adamant about that. No, it's, it'd be, especially my five-year-old, almost six-year-old little boy. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's a total like standoff. Not going to lie. It's not easy. Like, oh, great, mom. We have chicken and broccoli. I love you so much. But they've actually now appreciated it. And we try to really educate them on it. It's not like, hey, we want to eat. We want to feed you this way because that's the way you should eat. It's we want to feed you this way because you're going to feel better at school. It's going to be easier to learn. You're going to be able to concentrate more. And I'm not going to lie, like they, they sometimes fight it, but for the most part, they're really good about it. And I know that, you know, with my son, he loves Brussels sprouts and I know how to make it for him with my daughter. She loves broccoli, you know, with the little one, he just has to go along with the flow. Like he doesn't have a choice because I'm not going to make you another meal. So that's been such a huge part of my life. It's just not only feeding myself well, but my family well. So yes. Okay. Every night. Tell me how you make the Brussels sprouts for a kid to like them because I love Brussels sprouts and my husband and I eat them a lot, but Brussels sprouts have a pretty strong taste that I can see why a kid would not have the taste for them. So how do you make them? Oh yeah. All my kids love them and they eat them like they can eat them by the pan full. So you have to roast them. You have to get them like super almost like black. So I normally buy, and I'm a brand freak, like I've said before, that's why I started ModCraft with my husband. But now with the natural foods brands, and especially being in Boulder, Colorado, where you, I mean, it's just, it has to be a way of life for you to be natural because we're boulders and we're hippies and we care about natural (laughs) food. You have to keep up with everybody else out there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Keeping up with the Joneses means keeping up with the natural foods industry here. (laughs) (laughs) But there's this avocado oil spray and you just like take the Brussels sprouts, cut them in force and peel a lot of the leaves off because those get really crispy and then put some avocado spray on it. Heat your oven to 425. And I love this, like just like some adobe spice or salt and pepper and literally bake them for like 35 to 45 minutes until they're like brown and they come up like almost like chips. So are you, are you cooking the, uh, things you peel off for them? Like not the middle part? Uh, the middle part of the Brussels sprout. Well, like you said, cause I always peel off like the outer, the outer leaves until it's like, and then I cut them in half. But I'm saying like, when you said they're like crispy chips, like, are you, is it like the leaf part? Or, oh, you, or, yes. And, and the, the middle center, they'll still eat them, but they're not okay. they're Yeah. They'll never be crispy, but they, they will fight over the brown crispy leaves okay. part the most. So you, you there's a mix. You've got like the middle part that's like thicker and then you have the leaves as well. And they like the leaves better. Okay. Exactly. Okay. I got it. Well, you know, I try not very hard, but I try like a couple times a week to sit down together and we're definitely not always eating the same thing. The one thing I've gotten my kids to eat that we eat is these quinoa veggie burgers and they're so good. Yeah. Um, I mean, they have eggs and feta cheese in them. They're not like low fat or anything like that. Um, I don't think they should be. No, I don't either. Um, but well, and they're not vegan, I guess that's more my point. Um, but they have broccoli and carrots in them too and quinoa. And I mean, that is the one thing that I'm like super proud of that I can get my kids to eat. And I don't know how I've done it. So we have that like at least once a week, but man, a lot of times my kids are eating like cheese quesadillas when we're having like this big, awesome salad because they won't eat the salad. So I just, and I want a big salad, you know? So it's, it's real hard. No, I totally understand. And it's been hard. I'm not going to say it's easy. And I mean, when we go out to dinner, they're still eating like hamburgers, right? Like it's not, we're not, I'm so far from perfect in so many areas. So I'm not saying like too, too over here, but it's just non-negotiable, I guess. And then if they don't eat their meal, they know that they get fruits or vegetables and that's it. They're not getting anything fun. So they're like, mm, you know, they like, you see them negotiating in their heads. Like, mm, do I eat this or is an apple better? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I think the planning thing is huge. I, do you do a lot of meal planning? Cause like I struggle with, if I don't get a jump on it, I'm like, oh, shoot, what are we going to do? And like my kids end up having like an Annie's mac and cheese like a lot of nights of the week because I haven't 
planned through. And if I would just think through it a little bit, I could probably do it a little bit better. You know, I'm not an awesome meal planner. Like I, that's one thing that I was like, Oh my God, I really need to get better for that. I, but I do every time I make something, I make double the recipe. So that's either lunch or that's another dinner. I'm not like going to be like seven days a week. You guys get a new meal. Like I will make leftovers. Leftovers are definitely a thing in our house. Okay. So you also have told me that faith is a big part of your life. Talk to us about that. Like what does your faith like life look like with your children? Share a little bit about that with us. So yes, it's a, it's the biggest part of my life. It's my day to day. It's, it's everything that I, I structure my decisions around and my values around and my vision around it's, it completely controls me and like wanting to be a good person and where I fit into this world. Like I know that I'm not looking to be served, but like rather like how can I serve and how can I make a positive impact and how can I help others and how can my children help others and how can they be good stewards and love people and um, really just make a difference big or small or even, even small things every day. So I guess I I've grew up in a Christian home and when my father passed away unexpectedly, I definitely put up the stiff arm to God for a few years. Like I don't want anything to do with it. I was crushed, like so crushed emotionally, spiritually, everything I lost. I just, I lost a lot. He was such a pillar in my life of strength. So I stepped back a lot. And I think that I came back with a renewed sense of, of purpose and belief after I was able to digest that, that death and knowing that there's so much more than me and so much something so much greater than me and such a purpose to fulfill on this earth that is about helping others. And I think that's where all my decisions come from. Really? Yeah. I think it seems like when something catastrophic like that happens, like your dad suddenly dying, like, it seems like it either really strengthens someone's faith or really like rattles it, like shakes it up. Like, what do I even believe? Why is this happening? Life isn't fair. Like, how is this in the plan? And I guess my question is like, how did you, how did you make peace with that? Knowing that you believe in God and that's God's will for the life of your dad and the life of your family, not having your dad continuing on with your lives. I, I can, I can tell you it's still a struggle. Um, like Adam and Kara and I, like we're all a part of the quote unquote dead, dead dad's club, (laughs) which is a sick place to be, but it's so like comforting at the same time. Uh, it's still like, there's days I'll be driving and I'll hear a song and I'll think of him and I'll start bawling my eyes out. But I think what really brought me back to faith was that I was so encompassed in my own world. Like, how could you take my dad from me? And, away from my mom. And then it was just like, okay, Shanna, like your little world isn't that big. Uh, It's about so much more than that. And I think that really drew me back to God was I was so focused on myself and why me and woe is me, where when I start stepped out of myself to look at the bigger picture that I was able to comprehend. And I still talk to him. I still talk to God about him. I still wish every day he was here but I appreciate so much the time I had with him because I did have a very amazing father. And I really do believe that it's better to have love and loss than to never have loved at all. But it did take me a couple of years to get there for sure. I was like, whoa, is me. And I am a only child. And how could you do this to this only child? Yeah. <laughs> I totally had that syndrome going on that I, I, that was crippling me in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, I think about stuff like that. We lost my mother-in-law about a year and a half ago. And, um, ever since that happened, it's like, my husband always talks with us. It's just like, it just, things just don't make sense. And like, people like to throw around the term, everything happens for a reason, but like, I don't know, does it? Like I, it's just so, it's so weird. Like, why did that happen to his mom? Why did that happen to your dad? And it's to me, uh, processing my faith and like, what I believe those, those moments like shake me up more than anything because it's, it's confusing. 
It is. And it's hard. And the anguish is there when you like, when you see like a mass shooting and you're like, why God, you know? And I think what's really helped me too, is that I think a lot of us, me included are on this quest for, well, we need to know everything. We need to know why that happened or why that happened to us specifically. And I think that I've been at so much peace of just not knowing there's a lot I don't know in life. And I, I am very good at knowing what I don't know. And I think that that's so far beyond my reach and my scope of knowledge that I trust and I have faith and I have hope in God, but I'm not here to seek out why, because I don't, I agree with you. I don't know if everything happens for a reason. I think that there's just some bad things that happen in the world and like you have to have faith of something more, but I don't, I'm not on that quest to know anymore. Like why? Yeah. Or like when people would be like, it's okay. He's, he's in heaven now. Like right after he died, I'd be like, okay, don't talk to me anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> please don't say that. Like that, that's very hurtful. Like I don't want him to be in heaven. Like yeah. I don't, don't, don't say that to me. That's rude. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously they're just trying to sit, like comfort you. But in that moment of grief, you're like, yeah, that doesn't help. And just say like, I'm sorry, I don't know what to say. And that is I like when people or when somebody goes through something, I'm like, I don't know what to say. And I, I know how I empathize with you. My heart is breaking for you. I'm here to cry with you. And I'm here to like feel your pain, but I'm not going to tell you it's going to be better because it's going to hurt for a long time. What's something that your dad taught you that you want to make sure that you teach your children? he was such a man of integrity. Like when he, he used to always drill this into me, Shanna, your word is everything. When you say something, you have to do it. That's all you have in life is your word. And when you look in the mirror, are you honest? How is your character strong? And that's what even that's like helped me so much in business. Because when I first started Minecraft, I was having these like confrontations with people, right? Like it's just business. And I was like, I struggled with that for the first year or two. Like, am I doing something wrong? Am I a mean person? And then you realize that it's business and it's rough and people are cutthroat in a lot of ways. And then I made a very like pact early on, like that's my character. If I do everything in honesty and integrity with character, standing up for what I believe in and not backing down, then that's what I go to bed with every night. And that's what he instilled with me. That's even more instilled since I had a company and since I've had children that no matter what you're going to get the best, because maybe, and honestly, sometimes it's not about the other person, but it's your values that you hold deep inside of you. That makes you always step up to the plate with like the highest amount of character and worth ethic. And I think that's what he's really instilled in me as a person. Love it. What's something you say to your kids every night? For instance, every, every night I, I, we do just like this little prayer with my kids. And then I say, I pray that Marshall and Lewis will be strong and brave and kind and caring. Like those are the four things that I say every single night. I love that. Strong and brave and kind and caring. Cause my oldest one uh, struggles with fear in a way that I struggle with fear. And I can see it even as a six year old, like I can see it so much like in my own life, like my husband looks at him when he deals with stuff like that and doesn't get it, but I see it because I have that same issue. And so I really wanted to like the brave thing. Like I wanted to include that and obviously being kind Love of caring. It. Yeah. So do you have anything like that, that you say to your kids every night? That's just like, this is what we do for our family. Yes. So, I mean, when I first pick them up, I always like ask them what their best and their worst was. So we can talk through that, like what was their highlight and what was their low light and how we can get through that because I want to know from their day. But then at night when we do prayers as well, like it's very important in our family to be grateful. So I really want to teach them about being grateful and how, and not only like, oh, thank you, Lord, for, you know, the day, but like, what are you grateful for? And then I agree, being kind is so important to our our house, like somebody, what was it? I think it was on a podcast. There was like, you know, like what you just said, name three things that your family is like, this is a Burnett. The Burnett's are blank, 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 or, you know, the Heinz are blank, blank, blank. And it's for us, it's grateful, it's kind, and it's honest. So we're always making sure that we're checking in with that. Like, are were you honest and respectful? Were you kind and loving? And were you grateful that you're not always like focusing on like, maybe that hurt you, but what about that other person? Because I, I agree, like I'm such a, such a sensitive flower for, for me, empathy is huge. 
like connecting with that other person and seeing how they're feeling. Yeah. I think about it all the time. Like when I send my oldest off to school, I'm like, I hope he's the kid that's like talking to the kid that doesn't have any friends or like is feeling left out. Like, how do I make sure that my child is the one that's like reaching out to the kids that maybe don't feel included? Like you, you can't, you physically can't, (laughs) but like nothing would make me more proud to know that. I'm like, can I be a fly on the wall? And like when we walk into school, sometimes a you know, kids usually enthusiastically like say, Hey Marshall, what's up? And he just kind of says, Hey, and kind of keeps his head down a little bit. And I'm like, well, Lindsay, like maybe he's just being shy. Like, I'm like, but why wasn't he being overly excited <laughs> to say hello to that kid? Like I want him to be such an includer, but oh, man, parenting is so hard. <laughs> I'm the same way, Lindsay. I was like, Riker, somebody said hi to you. Did you not see that? That was really rude how you just did that. But like, even in parent-teacher conferences, they'll be like, you know, yada, yada, Adriana really needs help with her multiplication. And I'll like sit through that. I'm like, great, that's that's great. We'll practice on that. But like, how is her character? Is she including people? Is she kind? Is she helpful? Is she respectful to you? Like, yeah. they always laugh at me, but I'm like always like the first one that's like jumping into character over the academics. Yes. Okay. B minus. Great. Was he including the kid that was not, that wasn't talking to anybody. Exactly. Oh man. I could talk parent stuff all day long. I just, oh, me too. it's so hard and so rewarding and so pull your hair out all at the same time. Oh, so true. One day I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the worst job ever. And I'm like, oh, but they're so wonderful. Yeah. It's so hard. Um, how'd you come up with the name ModCraft, by the way? So we really wanted to focus on the like the craft of people, you know, like what is your craft and what are you dedicating your time and energy and to, and then a modern take on that, like with technology mod craft. I like it. It's a cool name. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That was a hard one. Poor Sally. When we like the early phases of it, I was like, what about this name? Cause she's a, she is a brander. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if a lot of people know that about her, but she's come up with like plan B for example. So I was always running off ideas by her when I was coming up with the name. She was a big part of that. Oh, okay. So you already had a relationship with Sally at Wazelle before you came up with the name of Modcraft. Yes. She was working with me for a good six months when I was my name at Gmail and I was trying to think of a name for the agency. I love that you just put yourself out there too to her. Mm. Oh, it's terrifying, but I totally, I totally just showed up. I was like, hi, you know, it, you really just have to like, for instance, like when I emailed you about trying to get Kara to come in May to the mini, like I, she has other plans. That's fine. But like, I was like, well, I should just ask because like, what if she can, you know, that's such a big deal in life. I remember one book that I read early on and it was Kathy Black. And in this passage of this book, she was like, always ask the worst thing that they can say is no. And I was like, hung on to that. Just like you. I was like, I appreciate you for that. You know, if it's going to work out, we'll be the first ones to jump on board. But like, at least you asked. Yeah. Like a big deal. My feelings aren't hurt, but now I know, like I wouldn't have known before, you know? Exactly. I'm such a proponent of that. Like, I think even Kevin Rutherford, who's now the CEO of new now, like we have a great relationship with him. I, he was, he was talking about this intern that used to be at noon and he was like, yeah, one time she really wanted to talk to Blake McCoskey, the owner of Tons, and she just called him and he answered. <gasps> oh my gosh. How did he answer? How did she get his number? I don't know. She just stopped it. But I'm like so in awe of people like that. I'm like, yes, the tenacious ones that just go for it because whatever it, you may, may not work out, but it could work out. Yeah. YOLO. Exactly. All right, Shanna, what's one thing professionally or personally that you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? I think that's the, that's something that will never be ending. I think there's always going to be that next personal or professional goal that I have because so much like as a competitive athlete, you're always like, what's that next PR? What's that next race? And I feel like that in life, like personally, we've been really focusing on like, how can we get to Europe one month? of the summer every year where we go back to France or Spain or anywhere where the kids can really immerse themselves in culture. Just one month a year in Europe. Like that's where I'd like to start. Wow. That's so cool. And just like run your business from there. Like you still have work to do, but you can just do it while you're there. Exactly. That's exactly. why I want my husband to work with me because I want that kind of freedom. Like that's so cool. 
Yes, that is a big, that is a big thing for, for me. It's like, oh, I love the travel. And then I think professionally is just, I, I think I'm ready for that next chapter. And for when, especially when Eli, my youngest gets to school, it's, I'm always like constantly thinking, like, I love the podcast, how I built this with Guy Ross, like those entrepreneur stories always get my fire rubbing. Like I'm yes. like on a run and all of a sudden I'm like, wow, that's like a seven minute mile. And I thought I was going on an easy day, but it just like, it fuels my soul. So like the entrepreneur life is I think just such a part of my calling. And I would like to create something at some point that really makes positive impact and helps people and really like build a brand that's lasting. That's I think that's so cool. That's so good. And I'm just going to say it again, because I think it's p- important for people to hear, like, that's so cool that you're dreaming that. And also so cool that you're like, but I'm okay right now. Yes. There's really, I, I talk about this at the putting retreats every time there's a season for everything. And I think at so many times I've been like revving up for that next season when it's a season of rest, but it's that season of rest and reflection that gets you to that next season of, you know, of personal like conquest and, and mission and goals. And I don't think you can do that unless you take a step back to like really feel yourself and recover for that next pursuit. Okay. And if I ever want to need an agent, I'm calling you. <laughs> I love you. Thank you. <laughs> I won't, I won't need one because I'm a professional runner though. That's, that's for dang sure. Um, what is the best, most recent book you've read? So it is it's so awesome. I'm like in the middle of it and I'm really enjoying it. And it's called how we love. Okay. And it's really about like, there's marriage and there's how we love our kids back to the parenting. Uh, it's, I think that there's so much of culture where you feel like, how am I loved? but you don't focus as much of like how you love others. And then this has really opened my eyes up to like how much, how much damage could be done when you're a kid, even, you know, like, and, and what you can bring into a marriage that you're broken. And then like, sometimes when you do think about it, like you're in the season of motherhood and, and sometimes like, even now I will, yes, I'm at peace with it, but at times you're like, what am I doing? And then you have this reality check of like, you are shaping human lives. You are shaping the next generation of people that are going to be good or bad and And that is such an important job. And I think as moms, we don't give ourselves enough credit of how important what we are doing on a day-to-day basis is. And so I think that's really put a reality check into me sometimes where you're like every day and everything that you say and everything that you ingrain in your children matters. So take it like, take it as like a very much of, of something to be proud of, because I think with work, it's almost easier because I, I would get, I get a big press hit for a client and they'd be like, yeah, Shanna, woo woo, let's celebrate you. But as a mom, you're not getting woo woos. Let's celebrate you ever. And so like, sometimes if you're not reflecting or you're not being, somebody's not being grateful for you, it can be incredibly like draining. So I think that this has been a good refresh in my life. And then I love, I finished Grit by Angela Duckworth. Oh, I want to read that. Oh, I love it. It's so good. And like instilling like grit in yourself and your children and how that's so much more important than talent. Uh, I love that book. I would really recommend that to anybody. Okay. But well, actually, I want to read both of those books though. Those are both on my list now. They're really good. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's so true too. I, I work a lot more than I used to, but, um, I, that's one struggle I had with my husband so much is cause he'd get home from work and I'd be hashing out my stuff, like my part-time work and plus me with my kids. And I'm like, not only do I work for myself and I'm doing that alone, I'm also like doing the kid stuff, not alone. I mean, we're a team, but like you're at work all day. Right. Um, and yes. I don't get high fived or I don't get told a good, you did a good job when like, it sounds silly, but like I got the kids down for a nap and then like had everybody fed and like got the house clean and I don't have to get the house clean, but those things make me feel good. So I like to, and, totally. but like, nobody's telling me, oh, great job. Like great job cleaning the toilets, Lindsay. <laughs> no, but seriously. Like, and if you like look back at love language, it's like, mine is just like gratitude. Like Shanna, I know how hard it was. Like, you know, Eli is a beast and you like still like the house looks good. Thank you. That means so much. And women don't get it as often as they should. I really believe that because it is, it's like, I feel so unfulfilled, but I've worked my tail off all day, all day long. long. 
all day long. And it is, and it is meaningful, important stuff, but it just doesn't always feel that way when people are throwing temper tantrums and you are sweeping the floor because someone spilled who knows what for the 19th time. (laughs) Oh, so true. Or those days when they come home and you're like, and I remember telling my husband like this one time, guess what I heard today that cleaning your house with toddlers in it is like brushing your teeth while chewing Oreos. That's exactly how I feel. And (laughs) even though the house looks even worse than when you came in and I don't care because that was legit work. (laughs) Yes. Oh man, this stuff's hard. All right. Last question. What is one message you'd like to send to the world? I would say the biggest message I would send to the world is action. I think that a lot of us now, like, because we're so involved in social media and we feel very, like, very passionate about our justices that you could almost tend to get fired up about it. But I say get fired up about the ones that you want to take action in. Like, do something, you know, um, it's easy to sit behind a screen and like scream about what you want to change, but make that change, do something about it. Like Karen and I, like just like with clean sport and everything that she's been through and like telling that story, she's doing something. She's out there every like time. And I'm like, you know, if you feel passionately about it, change it, do something, just have a part in it. Take action. Yes. There is a hilarious SNL skit. I don't know if you've ever seen it. And it is literally about what you are talking about. Like the person that sits behind their computer and just like posts links to things that they're passionate about, but then just sits back on the couch and does nothing. Like, and he gets so excited that he like (laughs) tweeted a link to something and then like went back to watching TV. And it is hilarious. I swear that's our society right now. And it like enrages me sometimes. It's so true though. You're like, I can't stand it. I have, I have to find that. I feel like I brought this up on this show like Please send me this. years ago. I have to put it in the show notes because it's, it is hilarious because I'm like, that is so reality. It's so true. Oh my gosh. You have to send me it. I will. All right. Well, Shanna, thanks so much for doing this and for, um, Thank connecting you. me with Kara and like, I, you know, ever since. Jana gave me your contact to set up an interview with Kara. I was like, yeah, but I want to interview Shanna too. And and Jana suggested it because I was like, this is such a unique job that you've created for yourself. And I think it's so cool. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. I'm so behind the scenes on almost everything work related, but I really appreciate it. I've, I've enjoyed talking with you. Awesome. Well, have a good rest of your day with your kids and I'll talk to you soon. You too. Thanks, Lindsay. Bye. Bye. All right, friends, thanks so much for listening today. Thank you, Shanna, for coming on the show, sharing your story. Don't forget, we've got 15 extra minutes with Shanna over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine. That is live today, along with dozens of other bonus episodes over there. When you support the show on Patreon, you're supporting my work behind the show, but you're also getting access to lots of extra bonus episodes with returning guests and bonus questions at the end of episodes that I do with guests and also lots of episodes with my husband, Glenn. So patreon.com slash Lindsay Heim. You guys check out Coros, coros.com. Use the code another. If you're in the market for a new watch, that'll get you 10% off. And you can also treat yourself or friend with FabFitFun. Go to fabfitfun.com. Use the code another for $10 off your first box, which puts that at $39.99. All right, guys. I thank you so much for being here and Hope that you enjoyed this conversation. I appreciate each and every one of you and hope you're having a great day. Have a great Friday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And as always, I'll see you next Friday.